0: Hey, everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti, and this is episode 126 of Yogaland. Hi, Jason. Hello. I want to start out by talking about the pumpkin that I carved last night.
1: Your therapy pumpkin. (laughs) I haven't, I literally, I don't think I've seen you in years (laughs) more absorbed In what you are doing.
0: Guess why that's been the case.
1: Because, I don't know. Because I've
0: had a little person being like, mama, mama, mom, mom,
1: mom, mom,
0: mom, watch me breathe. Mom, mom, look (laughs) at me. Mom, look what I can do. Mom, I need some toast.
1: We've decided that we are going to open a pumpkin carving therapy center. Yes. Because you were in that front hour i was so into it absorbed and it was
0: it's it and i'm i mean i don't mean to toot my own horn but it's a good looking pumpkin
1: i knew it was a cat
0: yeah there you go i knew it was a cat and i was so attached to it that (laughs) sophia was carrying it home and i was sort of i was a little i was a little nervous she was gonna drop it it was
1: as if it was a baby
0: (laughs) jason said at one point sophia just just put it down, because mom, because mom has a strange attachment to it.
1: It got very. I don't want to – You know what? I don't want to stand in judgment right now. Okay. It's your show.
0: Thank you. I appreciate You're that. Mm-hmm.
1: Is this a bloopers episode? <laughs> <laughs> bloopers are real,
0: because we're feeling a little um, punchy today. That'll happen. So, on to the very serious topic at hand.
1: Yeah, people can only skip for fifteen seconds at a time, so we should get to it.
0: Okay. We're going to talk about your approach to arm balances and inversions today. Yeah, we are. Yes, because you have th- thought about it for, a lot, a lot for a very long time, as with <laughs> as with all yoga topics. Yes, and you have a program. Mm-hmm. It's an online course on Yoga Glow, but. We decided we would do something really cool for you guys, and I'm going to take credit for the beginning of this idea, yeah, not take, the execution no, 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 no. No, in any a,
1: sense. It's 100% your credit.
0: But yeah, I had the offer, idea to offer a, a free mini course, a little splice of the full course for yeah. you guys. So yeah. that's, that is that is available now, Yeah, and we'll put the link on the show notes page.
1: Yeah. yeah, so it is a free... I think it's five parts. I think it's four videos, five videos. But each video is longish. It's at least a 20 minute program. And it's about the anatomy of Bhakasana and Parshva Bhakasana. It's about sequencing for Parshva Bhakasana and Bhakasana, so crane or crow and side crane or side crow. And it's about sort of best verbal cues to give for those poses. And then also how to troubleshoot some of the really common challenges that we and our students have with those poses. And that's just really a small snapshot of one chapter within a very significant online arm balances and inversions training. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So there's the pitch. I think everyone should check it out. Again, it's free. It's awesome. Not the whole po- program. The whole program is not free. But, but this slice, all the and stuff is. And, you know, let me step back by saying this, which is, you know, Teaching yoga is my livelihood. It is the livelihood of our family, right? And at the same time, you and I, through our site, have been really committed to providing free content too. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So for us, it's it's always both, is that we're always trying to create content that is for sale because this is our job. Yeah. Right and because we believe in the quality of what we do. Mm -hmm. And also we realize that not everyone can buy everything. And we try to provide a bunch of free education along with it, no strings attached. Yes. So that's it.
0: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way actually to to say that. And I'm glad that you did.
1: So the way that I approach pretty much every postural category, but especially arm balances and inversions, which are typically hard for people. Now, uh, uh, let me hit a pause, which is to say that those two families of postures are not as naturally hard for me as forward bending and back bending. Like forward bends and back bends, like commensurate intensity forward bends and back bends, like commensurate to arm balances and inversions. Mm -hmm. Am I making sense? Yes.
0: Like, so for example, a deep... Hashimotanasana yeah, for you is
1: way harder than, than a straight arm than, bakasana. Totally. Or you. a one legged bakasana. Wow. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Because again, it's, it's a lot, there's so many things that go into it, including just body type and what we're wired to do and how we've used the body for a really long period of time. So, my point in saying that is n- the same things are not of equal difficulty for all people. But For the vast majority of people, arm balances and inversions are difficult postures, right? But they have a lot of utility. And I'll say that the primary utility of these poses is that you're not thinking about what you're going to have for dinner while you're doing them. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like in terms of a yoga posture's ability to hone and direct our attention, arm balances and inversions are... They're paramount, yeah. right? Whether they're you really like fun to totally.
0: It's like there's just no really. Are, I mean, there may be another discipline, but if there are, there are very few other disciplines where you try to do these things with your body, especially right. arm balances. I mean, right. you know, gymnastics you do inversions, but I don't see the sim- similar arm balances. Anymore. Well,
1: but here's the thing: is that the vast majority. This is not called gymnastics land, <laughs> right? But also, like the vast majority of people that are that are doing these physical disciplines. Yoga, we know, is not just a physical discipline. But like, as an adult, it's very easy for me to do yoga and learn arm balances in the context of yoga. Mm -hmm. Our daughter goes to a gymnastics Mm -hmm. center, and every time I'm there, I want an adult program. But they don't have adult programs, (laughs) right? So arm balances and inversions are done in other disciplines, but those disciplines are kind of hard to access as an adult. Mm -hmm. But yoga is not, and so it's nice to have these. Mm -hmm. So anyways, the... The approach that I have to postures that are difficult, especially arm balances and inversions, is to break them down according to families, according to groupings. And those groupings are really grouped around the common denominators, okay? So I have what I call the bakhasana family. I have what I call the, obviously, the handstand and the forearm and the headstand and the shoulder stand families. But the other arm balance families in addition to bakasana are the side plank family, the hip opening family, and then also the push down and lift up family. Okay. And what you're really going to find is that all arm balances that exist are in one of those families. Okay. Okay? They're all broken down within one of those families. Okay. So let's stick to the Bhakasana family, right? Bhakasana, you have really this quintessential yoga asana that is really a combination and it's in its beginning of two postures. It's a combination of child's pose on top of Chaturanga, right? So if you take a moment and just think about child's pose, you have deep hip flexion deep knee flexion, and deep spinal flexion, right? In child's pose, we're just all folded up accordion style. Then if you take that exact same shape, but you put it on top of chaturanga, you are in Bakasana with the arms bent, right? And so really, to me, the essence of that entire family is the poses have to include deep flexion in all of the joints and a chaturanga base. So you have really four or five dominant bakhasana poses, okay. right? And they and they're on they're all strung together by they all have like side crane has rotation to it. But but
0: it's still flexion. It's still flexion spine, of the, the spine. Right.
1: And it's still deep flexion of the hip joints. Mm-hmm. One-legged bakasana is It's still on top of chaturanga. Mm -hmm. It's deep flexion everywhere, except for the one leg that is straightening up and Mm -hmm, back. mm -hmm. And then the second version of ekapata bakasana, where the uh, one-legged crane or one-legged crow, where the front leg straightens forward. Again, it's deep flexion of everything except for the front knee, because the front knee is straight. But the point that I think is really important is... For years, I'm trying. I have been trying to help, especially people in teacher trainings, but even drop-in level students. I'm wanting people to see the relationships and the commonalities between postures, instead of thinking of every posture as its own island. Because when you when you start to realize, it's kind of like our daughter's learning to read, right? She's been understanding the alphabet for a long time, right? So now what she's doing is she's putting letters together and she's seeing that the letters are, I don't know that she thinks in this way, but she's seeing that the letters are the common denominators and then you can put them together in all sorts of different combinations to form words, right? And so I think about that pretty similarly when it comes to yoga pose families is what are the common denominators and let's make sure that those are done really well, right? Right. So for people to become really skillful at bhakasana, they really only have to be skillful in two things. They have to be skillful in chaturanga, which is difficult, but it's not a mystery. And then they also have to become more skillful at folding the body up accordion style. And then and then working on those two things separately, and then working on those two things together, right? But when you see it as a family, and to me, this is what's so important about this methodology, right? When you see this as a family, you're no longer struggling to do just bakasana or side just just crane. It's called crane. I just keep going back and forth, right? It's called crane or crow. Yeah. I don't make a distinction between bakasana and kakasana.
0: Oh, oh, because crane do. is kakasana. Bakasana
1: is crane. Okay, so just a moment here. (laughs) Bakasana means crane. Right. B-A-K-A means crane. Yes. So bakasana means crane. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, nowadays, and this is a very new thing, is that people will say, will refer to bakasana as the straight arm posture.
0: Because that looks like a crane.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas the bent elbow version... People will call it kakasana. Huh.
0: I hadn't heard that. I knew as in I knew crow, they call it crow, but yeah, right. Okay.
1: And and I don't think that's wrong. Like I don't think it's wrong. I think we could, you know, naming priorities is it's layered. But for me, I don't make a distinction between bent knee uttanasana and straight knee uttanasana. I don't call those separate poses. Okay. I call them, I think of them as two phases or two options of the same thing. Okay. So for me, whether your elbows are bent or whether your elbows are straight in bakasana, to me, mm-hmm. it is the same pose. It is just different phases of that exact same po- pose. Make sense? Totally. So whether you're doing bakasana, crane or crow, or... Parshvabakas and a side crane or side crow, what you want to understand is the majority of those two poses are actually the same. The majority of those two poses are right, right, almost right. the exact same Where You're thing. like
0: understanding the actions. You're
1: understanding the actions and you're understanding the, the underlying postures that form the actions. Yeah. So in side crane, you've just added one thing. You've added rotation. But everything else is mostly the same. Mm -hmm. The chaturanga action is the same. The deep, deep, deep flexion, the deep accordion fold of the body is the same. The way to transition the weight into it is the same. It's the same. So when we start to see poses and families, then we start to realize, oh, if I'm working on one pose in the family... I'm actually slowly but surely working on the entirety of the family, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to see these as these totally separate silos because they're so intimately related to each other. Yeah. Make sense? Yep. So when you're working on one thing, you're working on the entirety of that family, right? Right. But you have to be able to see it that way. You have to be able to understand the the concepts of what underlies specific postures yeah. and how can you work on those individual elements?
0: Yeah, I think it's neat. I mean, I I can remember actually when I first started to understand this kind of deconstructing of a posture, then seeing the shapes in other similar postures, and then it kind of all came back together again in my head. Exactly. So it's this neat kind of visual that then I think really helps you feel it in your body. It helps you with proprioception. Oh, my spine is I think when I first started doing child's pose, I, I never thought my spine is flexing now.
1: Right. Right? I just right. was like,
0: oh this feels really good. I'm gonna do child's pose. It was actually Amy Stone who pointed out to me, Andrea, your your back is really flat in in child's pose, which has to do with the way my spine is and the my proportions.
1: Then your lack of spiritual exactly cultivation.
0: But anyway then it was like, oh, your my spine is supposed to feel like this in Child's Pose. It's actually supposed to feel more flexed than flat. Oh, okay. And then I can repeat that feeling elsewhere now that I know there's that cohesion and continuity between poses. Right, right. The most beautiful bakhshna. Oh, go on. As we know, Rodney
1: it's, Rodney's got an issue with it. He does. He does.
0: What does he not like about it?
1: It's a long story.
0: I gotta have Rodney on the show.
1: I. Th- you do have to have Rodney know, on the show. I know.
0: I'm sure. I know. I've thought about them forever, and I, I like. I'll talk about it at another time. But okay. I wanted to have them separately because Colleen had her book, and right. then I thought, is it better together? And then I would like to do it with the two of us with them, and it just gets okay. very complicated. Okay, complicated. Yeah. But at any rate,
1: you were saying that my backbend is so beautiful, is so amazing that we put
0: it all over our t-shirts. Oh. And actually, because I like to entertain the crowd, I'll tell the cute story of recently I took Sophia camping for the very first time. Um, Jason was out of town, lucky him. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It was really fun, and we were setting up. The it was with her first grade class, and you know we all know each other. The parents all know each other, and I was wearing a Jason Crandall t-shirt. To the the camping trip, so I had an image of Jason in Bakasana on my heart. It was the like baseball tee, and I walked up to one of the parents, Alessandro. Hey, Alessandro, if you're listening, and he was like, "Oh, oh, Jason's with you. He's he's right there on your heart." Always. (laughs) It was so sweet. But anyway, you do have a gorgeous Bakasana. I do not have a gorgeous Bakasana. I have a very flat crow kind of a Bakasana, and part of it, I wonder. How much of a role, when you're trying to flex the spine to the amount that you need to to straighten the arms, how much do the shoulder blades and the, the ability huge, to move your shoulder huge, blades, how much does huge, that play a role? Okay,
1: huge, And the thing that you do, okay, so I was saying that bakasana, and I, I think I sort of said sort of the beginning of bakasana, the foundation of bakasana is child's pose on top of chaturanga. But then it really becomes child's pose on top of plank. Right. On top of cat pose. Right. So when you are doing chaturanga, you are retracting and depressing your scapulas, meaning you're pulling your shoulder blades towards the spine and down. Okay. And those scapulas are very strongly tethered to the back of the rib cage as a support structure. Mm -hmm. But. When you straighten the arms, the opposite happens. So when you straighten the arms, you are moving from this deep state of scapular retraction where you're pulling the scapula in and down Mm -hmm. to very strong scapular protraction where you're spreading the scapula strongly apart. There's still some downward rotation. You don't really want the scapula to be moving up in the direction of your ears, They're still moving down in some medial rotation, but they are pulling away from each other really strongly. So that is one of the challenging elements of that posture.
0: Yeah. For sure. It really is for me.
1: And part of it is that scapular protraction is just less, it's less understood. It's less, and I don't mean less intellectually understood. I mean there are just fewer things in our life unless you're a like a boxer or a pitcher or mm. a quarterback like there's very there are there aren't nearly as many things in our life where we're letting the scapula we're we're encouraging the scapula to travel laterally across the back and come towards the front plane of the body right usually what we're doing especially in the context of yoga is we're drawing the scapula a little bit towards each other to recalibrate and and pronounce the chest
0: do you think you did it in the ice hockey when you were no no because no been... i just that's
1: just an action that my body knows how to do and yeah. to be honest with you like my upper back rounds it's you have... it's easy for my upper back to round and and my, the thing about my back is too it's long so i it's just it's just it's one very of these...
0: articulate though like you can actually see i've seen you do it you can actually just watch as you go into the pose, the shoulder blades spreading away from each other. Yeah. It's just scapular protraction. Very protection. articulate. Yeah.
1: And it's something <clears throat> that, I mean, I train in all of my students a lot more scapular protraction than I think most do hmm. because it's part of the the healthy dynamic of how scapula move.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that's it. That's, yes. So you got to that question and that's a huge component. Yeah. Scapular protraction. And Best single pose to practice doing that is cat pose. Mm -hmm. Like it's what cat pose is. If you, a lot of times, what I'll do when I'm teaching people, and it's in this program, right, that when I'm teaching people to straighten their arms in this pose, Bhakasana, I have people do cat in slow motion. As if, as if cat's really hard to do, to really trick those scapula into working strong. Mm-hmm. Another big element is tricep strength. Mm. And my triceps are just relative, str- they're strong compared to other muscles within my body.
0: Wow, really? Yeah. Gosh, that is such a, it's so hard for me to strengthen my triceps. I have tried now for like four years.
1: Triceps and serratus. <sighs> yeah. I mean, there's there's anterior core, but- people are going to come through the radio waves at me if I say too much of this, is that I think that the role that core plays, the role that core plays in all arm balances is crucial, crucial, absolutely crucial. I think it's sometimes a little overstated. And what's understated is the role that the shoulders play Mm -hmm. and the scapula play. Because your core does not lift you. Core does not lift anything.
0: It stabilizes, right? Right.
1: I, the way that I describe it is this, okay? Imagine you have a yoga mat. Imagine you have like, uh, this is not an ad sponsorship. Imagine you have a, a manduka mat, one of the big black heavy thick, mats. Thick and cushy. Thick, heavy mat, right? Okay. And imagine that you wanted to carry that mat from your house to the yoga studio that's one mile away. Imagine that you just grabbed it, not rolled up, and carried it. It, it would be totally unwieldy, Right right? It's just flapping along. It's totally unwieldy. And because it's unwieldy, it creates much more effort for you to transport. But you wouldn't do that because you're not an insane person. So what you would do is you'd roll it up. And then you probably wouldn't just roll it up, but you you might put it in something, but let's pretend you didn't have anything to put it in. You just had one strap. Where would you put the strap?
0: Um, in the middle. In the middle,
1: right? <laughs> yeah. Because that contains the weight the most, and it ma- and then it makes everything easiest to, to transport.
0: Okay.
1: Right? Yes. That's core.
0: Nice.
1: In arm balances and inversions and everything else we do. Mm-hmm. They're not transporters. If you've heard that you're lifting up from your core and bachasana, you are not, because levitation does not exist. <laughs> if anyone thinks they are, just sit down. Engage your core and Wait, see if you can pull up.
0: But help me with this because this is actually another interesting question in terms of our body different type yeah. differences. You have relatively narrow hips yes. compared to the rest of your body, compared yeah. to your shoulders especially, and a higher center of gravity because mm-hmm. men just do. Yes. I have relative to the rest of my body <laughs> wider hips and a lower center of gravity. Sure. So I often feel when I'm doing – the crane family of poses. Like I am hoisting my butt up.
1: Okay. Your your abdominals are not lifting your butt up because your abdominals don't cross your hip joint. Mm-hmm. However, when you are engaging your abdominals strongly, a couple of things are happening. So when you're engaging your abdominals strongly, you are also engaging your hip flexors strongly okay. and probably your inner leg muscles strongly. And those two things are going to lift your hips 100%. Hmm. But they're not going to lift you up off of the ground. It's the grounding force of the hands pressing down.
0: This is cool. Physics lesson right here.
1: Right. Even someone that's going to, quote unquote, press in the handstand, right? There's these like, like the one muscle to press in the handstand, the transverse (laughs) abdominus. I've seen this Facebook post. It's laughable, Right. The transverse abdominus is super important in a lot of things, but it doesn't work in isolation. So we can't say that the transverse works in isolation and it's not working with the obliques. So that's already sort of a silly narrative, right? Because it's just not accurate. The other thing is that even if you are lifting up in handstand, fine, try to lift up in handstand without your hands in contact with the ground. It can't be done because levitation doesn't exist. So, you lift up mostly from something else pressing down. So, if you're press, quote unquote, pressing into handstand, that's exactly what you're doing. You're pressing into handstand. Now, your abdominals and your hip flexors function together as an internal lever that elevates the weight of the pelvis. But it can't come off the ground without something else really strongly pressing I down. I see. Okay. Right? So mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not in any way diminishing mm-hmm. the role of core. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing is sort of stepping back and saying that core is actually so instrumental to everything that it's easy to overlook that when you're doing arm balances and inversions, your shoulder girdle is actually the most important thing. Because it's the thing that is providing you with grounding force and it is the thing that is, it is providing you with stability and then everything else has to work well with it, right? Yeah. So, so we're not, we're not at all in disagreement.
0: It's the whole symphony.
1: It's the whole symphony.
0: All the instruments need to be there playing in harmony.
1: But if you take a quick step back and think about it in terms of this dragging the yoga mat around town. The main thing that your core does is it contains your weight so that the things are moving you can move you with greater efficiency and less fatigue, Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? You get
1: that, you work that core in, that right in the center, you contain your weight. And then whether it's the legs in a standing pose or the upper or the shoulder girdle and arms, in a handstand or an arm balance or an inversion, then they can do their job with much greater ease and, um, and equanimity. Okay. Much greater evenness. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: Yep. I'm going to put you on the spot.
1: Put me on the and spot. And ask
0: you, I'm going to pretend this is a reader question. Dear Jason.
1: Reader please. question from Andrea Ferretti. Really my question, you guys. At smithcollege.com. <laughs> oh, stop. Was that, your first, was that your first email address?
0: Mm, smithcollege.edu, probably. Yeah.
1: Mine was uh, MU Ohio. It was like <laughs> this super long Miami University <laughs> thing. so
0: yeah. weird that you just thought of that. Okay, dear Jason, will I ever no. do
1: <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> either, and I actually don't know which is one or which is two, one-legged bakasana with my leg going back. Or one legged bhakasana with my leg going forward. PS, I can do Titi basana and I can do Ekapatagalavasana.
1: You can do the one with the leg going forward. I can't. I will bet you lunch. Well
0: we already did this betting thing and you kinda of lost. Vasana.
1: I did. Yeah. I did lose. I did lose. You have,
0: you're overconfident in me, which is really so sweet. I did lose. You're so sweet. This has sweet. nothing to do with
1: you. This is to do with overconfidence in myself.
0: Oh, okay. Of course. Of course.
1: This is the yoga teacher narcissism yeah, coming yeah. Okay. through. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. All right. You
1: don't think I would have made it to this stage <laughs> of commercial success? If I was not- A little uh, overconfident. A little narcissistic.
0: Yeah. You're not. I want to just- No, I am not. I know some narcissists. I'm not going to name any names. My husband is not one of them. I'm not in (laughs) Okay.
1: No. A hundred percent you can do it. A hundred percent. I will set you up. All right. Uh, You could do it cold. Huh. It's easy. It's easy if you have the right setup.
0: Do you – Do you? In the so I'm talking free about course, the one where the
1: leg is going forward.
0: In the, yeah. In the free course, do you, do you no, go through how to get into it? So can no, you talk us you know, through how to get into it? No.
1: You and I will do some sort of like what can we do? Some sort of little video blog clip. Oh. Photographs. Okay. Photographs. We will do a blog on this. Andrea is making like vomit faces. I
0: hate you right now.
1: We're going to do it. Oh, We're going to do it.
0: Okay. We're going to do it. Okay.
1: Okay, got it? Mm-hmm. Step by step. Now-
0: Only if I get to show off my new Fabletics clothing, and that so, is an ad, by the way. All right. They are one of my sponsors, ad. and I, I will not lie, love their clothing so far. All oh right. Oh, my gosh.
1: Go for it. Okay, so the one-legged Bokhasan where one leg goes forward, Andrea at Smith College dot whatever. <sighs> yes, 100%. Easy. All
0: right.
1: That's one of the easiest poses out there. It's one of the easiest arm balances out there if you know how to set up for it. Okay. Okay. And there's these really important little tips that I will show. I even- it's in the full program. But no, listen. Now the next question is: Will you be able to do the one where the leg goes up and back? Right. And my answer to you is: I don't know uh-huh. because that comes down really to. A couple of technical ingredients, which I'll walk through with you, and raw strength. I hate that pose. Okay. I can do you it. can do it, yeah. I can do it long enough to get the photo.
0: Okay, okay.
1: You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can do it long enough to teach people how to do it.
0: But it's not like one you're loving and hanging out. No, anymore. no, no, no. Whereas Galavasana, I like.
1: Galavasana is different. Yeah. Gal- because Galavasana, you have you have much more contact.
0: Yes. It's yeah. so much more. yeah.
1: The shin is in contact with many more things. Right. Yeah.
0: I have one more question about Ekapada Bakasana 2 with the leg going forward.
1: Leg going forward.
0: Does it require wrist flexibility? Because I do not have that.
1: Mm, it, it does a little bit, but not more than Titibasana.
0: All right. Well, then we'll yeah. see. We'll see about it.
1: Because you know me, like Andrea, I can do Akapata Bakasana 1 really well. Have you ever seen me do Titi
0: no i guess hasn't. it's
1: like a crime against the the tradition of yoga
0: i stopped doing it a few years ago because it, it hurts my surgery side so i'm uh, pretty out of titibasana shape right now but if i'm really practicing it i it's there for me it's just yeah. that it gives me kind of like a thoracic outlet s- scar surgery craziness Thing-jig. yeah
1: yeah not worth it no we can do that Again, it's sort of seeing how all of these things come together. Mm -hmm. To me, again, it's all about the families. It's understanding that bakhasana, I'm going to use a, I'm going to throw a word out here, like a pose name, that unless you're an Ashtanga practitioner, you just don't know. Triang Mukhaikaipada Pachimottanasana.
0: I like that pose, actually.
1: I do too. Mm -hmm. So the bakhasana poses that we're still talking to for the two listeners that are still with us, Listening to us at this point, right? <laughs> Bakasana is child's pose on top of Chaturanga. Okay. The one legged Bakasana with the leg going forward is Triang Mukaika Parapachimotanasana oh. on top of Chaturanga.
0: All right. Okay.
1: So again, there's, it's like, again, when you start to see this, again, it takes a while to see the stuff. But then again, when you can see it, you can teach it, you can, you can sequence it. to it, sequence for it. And here's the thing is like, even if you can't do it, you know where your hang up is. We stop just sort of being involved in magical thinking land where we think like, oh, people that have the power to do difficult things can do them, but I can't. Mm. You know, there's, there's no pose that you or I or other people can't try to do sure. and, and start to break down and do elements of it right yeah it's all about problem solving
0: cool all right well is there anything else you want to add
1: do the free course
0: do the free course we'll put a link on the show notes page which will be yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 126 if you enjoy the podcast please rate and review it's super super duper 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 helpful and i always just love hearing feedback from you and i read them all do the course do the course and until next week enjoy your practice